Welcome to this episode of the Palmetto Guardian. In today's episode, we're talking about generations that are still in the military from 9-11, and we get to speak with a young lady that was uh, that has a unique story about 9-11. I'm Specialist David Erskine. And I'm Captain Cody Denson. And welcome to this episode of the Palmetto Informer. And it's going to be a, um, a kind of a special episode, uh, really a special series of episodes as we move into um, the week of 9-11, uh, September. Um, and we're doing basically a little remembrance uh, thing, and, and we're talking to different soldiers and airmen uh, that were in different stages of their, their lives and their careers um, around uh, 9-11, uh, you know, 2001, and, and kind of how it affected them and, and their lives. Now, were you in – no, you're too young to have been in the military. Much too young. I was still in middle school. Okay. Um, in Hawaii. So, when, so I was like six hours way behind. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Um, so did you – were y'all – did y'all get, like, the news right away then or no? Maybe not? Yes. Yeah. I lived on base. My okay. In the army. Okay. So All right. Now, on base. now we so, dig deeper. Yeah, yeah. They, the news came through right away, and I got woken up. But I was a kid, so all I got told was, hey, you're not going to school today. That's all I knew until later in the day, obviously. Well, you know, and funny you mentioned that. Actually, the, the young lady that we'll be speaking to later on in this podcast, she was uh, she was young, too. I mean, she was 10 or something like that, I think. We'll find out for sure what her age was here in a little bit. Um, but I know she was young. She was at school. Uh, in the New York area, and so we'll, that'll be interesting yeah. take. It's interesting now because, like, so many people in the military have that background now. Where, because we're at that point now, where we're starting to get soldiers who were born after the event, and so now it's like all these people you talk to, everyone's like, "I was a kid. I came in after." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, and you know that's a that's an interesting situation too, um, and for people maybe not have been around. I'm, I was right on that cusp. I actually came in right around 9-11. But, you know, we are our, our other generations who, for all intents and purposes, listed, enlisted during a peacetime. Yeah. And then all of a sudden kicked over. but Thrown around. Yeah. <laughs> but like I said, for yourself and a lot of, uh, and I guess technically me too. I mean, when I was looking to come in the military, it was peacetime. Yeah. Shortly after that, it was no longer peacetime. But, I mean, there's a whole generation of military that have never seen anything but a period of war and conflict, which is a whole, yeah, whole a lot to think about. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you're you're talking almost two decades at this point in time of. Yeah, I mean, you get, yeah, it, it, it's all they've known, and then you have the ones who mostly only knew garrison life, and now they have to know combat life too. Yeah, it's like it, it's a weird situation for everybody. Yeah, and um, uh, I mean, it's just kind of evolution of where. You know, people think the military is always the military is always the military. I mean, we have to evolve and f- figure out where we belong in the world, just like... We have to, our profession has to fit, no matter what's going on. Right, you know. Um, the military has a very different look to it during peacetime-type situations where we're not actively deploying people and stuff versus, you know, basically the last two decades where 
we've actively deployed people. I mean, South Carolina has definitely sent its fair share of soldiers and airmen, and even not just the National Guard folks, but, you know, even active duty, Air Guard, Marines, the Naval base. I mean, we have a huge, 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 if you're new to South Carolina and don't know this, (laughs) we have huge military (laughs) presence in South Carolina, um, which is is awesome and outstanding. Uh, Even if I wasn't military, I would would still say it was awesome. I remember just growing up in the area, and Fort Jackson was always – there and for a lot of my life i thought fort jackson was columbia that's fair you know yeah, you know because yeah. i didn't go downtown a whole lot but i remember going by the fort my my, my uh, grandfather had worked out there as a carpenter and stuff like that so i, I really thought that that was just kind of that was the city that was just kind of columbia um because uh, at one point in time 77 didn't run past there oh. it, it used to stop uh, kind of right there at the at the main gate. There was no continuation out there when I was younger. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, the evolution of everything, and, and really, ultimately, what you know, we talk about evolution. We're talking about younger generations, but we do have, and as we go through this week, you'll see we have, you know, people who were uh, like the young lady that's coming in and talk with us today uh, wasn't even in the military; was in school. We have people who were in the military and in other services there day one. Yeah, we got people who came in right at the time. We have people who were actually part of the 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 response. No, the initial, yeah. you know, some of the you know initial push and holding the ground and stuff like that when we, we first got involved in the conflict. And you're going to see kind of this this weird generational gap. And it's not just army folks. We got air army, and it, it's about remembering um, everybody involved in this whole situation, from the towers, the Pentagon. Pennsylvania field, and then the mass amounts of military members that have, and families that, that have been touched better or worse for, for, for this situation. Yeah, that moment, it, it spurred so much change, so many perceptions of when that happened. There's, there's a lot to take in. Now, you mentioned your dad was military, but y'all are obviously, I won't say removed from the situation, but y'all were a chunk away being in Hawaii. Sure. But I mean, do you, do you have any remembering of kind of how your father? reacted and how his life maybe started did you see your family dynamics changing a little bit he obviously got more busy um he was an air defense artilleryman so i mean most of his job was not looking where he was anyways but looking further out so they they kind of ramped up especially because you know there were planes involved so who knows what other airborne threat was coming so his unit was pretty active um so he, he worked more uh and you would notice it just because i i actually went to middle school on the uh the base like right next to ours. There's an Army air base right beside Phil Barracks. And so I had to cross the highway to get to the other base for school in the morning, (laughs) which used to take 10 minutes, which was now a hour and a half to three hour long process if you got picked to get searched. Yeah. So everything was, you had less time in the day. I remember that. Yeah. It's like how we have to get through all of this now just to make sure that everything's safe and okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you're talking about we went from a state where Pretty much every military facility around the world for us was at Alpha. And uh, for people who don't know what uh, Force Protection Alpha is, a very, very low level, very chill state. That's the best way I can explain it. You know, check your driver's license. Cool, come on in. I'm really using the stickers on the window. I think that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You just had, you went and applied and you got your sticker. They didn't even look at you. Sticker on the car, come on in. Um, and all of a sudden you went to that to you know delta where everything's locked down it was ridiculous i mean literally just crossing the highway it took at least an hour and a half (laughs) now um 
with having was your dad just military mom dad just just dad all right so a lot of times you know military children are become military that's not uncommon and it's just the way it works for us my dad was military um grandfather whatnot but do you think um do you think having to go through the the 9-11 stuff and seeing out the father and the change of the military, do you think that solidified it more for you, or do you think, nah, it could have happened, not happened, you'd wound up in the same spot, maybe just not as busy? I think what it did was, like, reinforce my understanding for the daily life aspect of kind of knowing the routine of the military to seeing my dad do it. It wasn't so much that it, it pushed me more. I was already in that lifestyle uncomfortable as a kid, so it, just, it kind of made sense. Gotcha. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I was too young to understand the change when it happened. Because, I mean, it was middle school. You're like, what, 12, 13? You weren't too young. Um, you just at that point where it didn't necessarily matter. Yeah, time. right. You know, like, I mean, you got to expect what you expect out of out of children. I got a 12-year-old. Yeah. I mean, if, if something like that was to happen today, I wouldn't expect him to yeah. hone in on it. I think because I saw, like, the busier, you know, lifestyle that was focused on this new situation starting when you start to mature i guess um it, it it didn't seem like a big scary thing to join the army i know sometimes that's like a you hear people sometimes like well, i don't know what if i get called up and I have to go overseas and well then i was like I, i've already seen it happen so much with everyone i know i've seen you know my friend's parents go overseas and come back my own dad went overseas and came back so it it, it felt more comfortable yeah just just know what to expect that makes sense that makes sense so um, well, we are going to um, jump over to our guest and, and have a talk with her. Another perspective. And another perspective, a completely different perspective, just because of her, her age and where she was. And, and I, you know, we, we've obviously talked to her a little bit beforehand just to kind of get a feel of what everything was. And I think that uh, she has a very unique story, and, and it, it probably will touch base for a lot of people out there. And, and that's good. We, we hope so. Because, like I said, once again, this is about remembrance. Uh, of the event and all the people affected then and all the people it continues to affect now. Today we have Staff Sergeant Mariah Smith with us. Uh, she works in personnel out at McIntyre Joint National Guard Base with uh, the 169th Fighter Wing. Uh, thank you for, for coming in today and, and sharing your story about 9-11 with us. Um, now, you weren't actually in the military no, sir. <laughs> no where where were you oh. i actually was in new york city new york new york i was attending school there as a first grader at the time it was our first day of school and i remember my parents dropped me and my sister off at school and they're taking our pictures with our backpacks and get us all signed in we eat breakfast you know as usual and we had assembly for the first day and kind of like the welcomes and whatnot got that out of the way and then we reported to classes after the bell rang. I remember we put our um, stuff away and we started to settle in and we're doing our journal entries. That's what we did every morning. Well, you know, that's what we would do every morning. And in the middle of us writing, some one of the kids, he goes, whoa! And we all look up to see what he's pointing at and out the window you can see smoke in the distance, one of the towers had like a, a gray, you know, fog around it. So almost immediately, the intercom goes off and we're being told to go downstairs. And there's this um, shelter, 
kind of location without windows and the teachers start doing attendance and after everyone's accounted for, they kind of distract us with songs and different games. In the midst of that, I guess some kids had gotten wind of what was going on. I was so young, I didn't really understand, but some people were crying, some people were upset, and I'm guessing our parents were told to pick us up. So we started to leave as parents came, and uh, my mom arrived, and she got me and my sister, and she gave us like the biggest hugs you can imagine, and kisses, and we went home, and we found out that we weren't going to school for the rest of the week. So, you know, as kids, we were, we were happy about that. But um, later on, my dad came home and he sat us all down and kind of explained what was actually happening. And he told us that some kids' parents didn't come pick them up that day because of what had happened. And it was really sad. It wasn't even an hour into classes. Everything happened so fast. And at the time, my dad was stationed out of Fort Hamilton in Brooklyn, and he was working at MEPS and he was actually a part of the color guard there. So um, there was the Prayer for America at Yankee Stadium the weeks following, and he actually got to carry the American flag, and we saw him on TV. And when we went back to school, we realized how devastated the city was. After we would do the pledge, we started doing the moment of silence, and few people were still, you know, sad and talking about what had happened and friends and family that were affected. And even the days after, there was still the gray fog around the city. Even though our school wasn't right there, the debris still was in the air for a while. And the city just mourned together. And it brought everyone closer. Now that's, that's, that's a lot to absorb for a six-year-old and you might not even at six even with being there for it you might not have understood the magnitude of it at the time but uh, as you as you grew up you know and you can think back to that moment and, and being there how is how is knowing that kind of changed or reshaped your life as you've moved on anything can happen life is precious and you really can't take those moments for granted. Like I said, some of the kids I went to school with, they lost a mom or a dad in that moment. So that could have been the last time I ever saw my dad or my mom, or who knows if you know they would have sent a plane into the school building. We all could have lost our lives that day. So it really does put things into perspective for you. Um, now, what part did, did that event play with you joining the military. It obviously sounds like you come from a military background, but did, did that event help solidify you coming into the military? Definitely. Being a kid and seeing my dad join, you know, he's like my superhero. I'm a daddy's girl. <laughs> so it kind of like was no question that I wanted to be a part of the military. I'm a guard member, but um, it's not like a regular job. Obviously, you know that there's that chance that you can get called upon and being in the National Guard, we help with some of the, you know, local disasters. But I think I was ready to take on that responsibility and just do something different and, you know, be a help to the country. Um, now, especially for, for, for your situation, you were so close to it when it happened. I mean, you saw it out the window. 
um, and now being in the military years later uh, from the event. Speaking of, when did you actually, what year, because I don't know your age. I, I know roughly what your age should be, <laughs> but when, when did you join? I joined when I was 18, August 22nd of 2013. I had just turned um, 18 July 30th that year. Okay. So you've been in six years then? Yes, sir. Just recently, six years. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, uh, signing back up to do another. Already re Okay, all right. <laughs> Just had to chat real quick, you know, thing. Yes. But uh, outside of that, um, how is, how is, because not everybody has that experience going into their military career, but since you've been in over the past years, has, has that initial event affected your, your military career and how you've come at your military career? It has. And, it's it's like you know we go through basic training and we learn the tactical stuff about going to war but you never think of what could happen right here in South Carolina at home so it's it, it's always in the back of my mind that something could happen and at that moment I know that I have everything I need to you know, you know defend but Definitely, it has affected me, and it's something that I'll never forget. Um, now, you you mentioned you were in New York. Were you a, a New Yorker? Had you spent your childhood in New York up to that point? No. No? We actually lived in Chicago before that time, uh -huh. Great Lakes on a um, Navy base. Yeah. <laughs> so I lived there three years after that. I went to third grade and then moved after graduating. Okay. Okay. So I was also in school at the time. I was in middle school, um, but I was on a military base, so I got to kind of see how things were affected in that sense when it happened, right? Um, you know, bases locked down. It was yes. harder to move. Uh, I was on the Army base, and we had to move over to the base. I was, like, across the highway, um, which took, like, an extra hour of our morning. So with this happening to you being right there, um, you know, I, how did that – I mean, that had to have added some perspective also, which helped you move into the military as well because you were seeing how it affected the civilians. Um, like, how did you, what, what did you get from, how did your daily routine change? Well, that day, traffic was crazy. Even for New York? Uh, yes, <laughs> commutes like tripled, doubled. They actually locked down all tunnels and bridges in the city and even getting back onto base. They were checking every single vehicle, popping trunks open. Everybody had to show ID and I think that's when the gates really started enforcing that heavily. I think before then, yeah. just the driver had to show their ID, but after that, it was serious business. Now, uh, you were talking about that and, and the fact that there was this change at the gates and, and how the military, and obviously at six years old, or right, six years old, you're not necessarily picking up and putting down all that type of stuff, but now that you have military knowledge, and you think back to that day, does, uh, has your military career changed your perception of that day from what it was initially at all? Do you think you understand more now what was going on that day than what you did, obviously, than what you did just because you're older? But, yeah, kind of down that road, you know, has had you not become military, how much would it have changed your perspective of that day? Does that make sense? I think I know more <laughs> of, like, the insight now, like kind of like the Alpha Bravo whenever 
you know, you're coming through the gate, being vigilant and things like that. I think if I never would have joined, it kind of would have just been an event that happened to the country. I don't think I would have really, really understood all the things that played into it. There were so many moving pieces. I mean, with the fire department and the police and, and the military, it really was a lot. Um. Speaking obviously of the fire departments and the and the police, uh, obviously they they did a mass amount of of work and stuff like that. Were you able to? Um, obviously, you weren't at Ground Zero, but were you? Did you get the chance to see uh, some of, of those folks working and and things of that nature in the area, or were you too far out to? I saw on the news. We didn't really get close. And even the days after, we really weren't trying to go too close to there because we weren't sure what was going to happen or, you know, if it was over because it was a shock. Yeah. So everyone was kind of like on high alert at the time. Nobody really wanted to, I guess, get too close to the area. People were even afraid to go back to work because they didn't know what was going to happen. Um, now... With your your dad, he was he was military. Uh, was your mom military or no? No, just no. Okay. Um, I mean, your mom's still military. If she married military, that's just the way it goes. Um, but I just wanted to make official. Um, did your dad have any kind of reaction when you you know, especially him having been there and he was fully aware of what the situation was when it happened, and then X number of years later, his little girl goes, "Hey." I'm following your footsteps. I'm going to the military. Did he have any kind of reactions or thoughts? He was happy. He was like, okay, if you're going to join, join. <laughs> join the Air Force or the Navy. <laughs> you know, you're my little girl. <laughs> no. He was really excited. Um, at the time, he actually was officer, so he got to enlist me, which was cool. And, you know, we both... When I finally got back from training, I had my uniform and we got to take pictures and we went to a ball and then, you know, we both have our, you know, um, ball gear on. It's, it's cool because I'm following in his footsteps and I'm, hopefully my legacy, you know, well, I don't know. I don't have any kids, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, know, just to keep it going, <laughs> yeah. I would like to. There you go. Because that's a unique... Um that's a unique thing that obviously you and your father have. And, and we've, we always talk about 9-11 on like a, a national type scale because it was a national event. But, you know, down to the individual level, um, not only are y'all both military, but y'all both experienced um, this event, obviously from different sides. He was in the military at the time. You, you were young and you got to see kind of his reaction and what he went through at that point in time. Um, and so, you know, uh, even some positive come out of tragic events, because I imagine this has just even solidified y'all's relationship even further. Yes. <laughs> so, um, well, um, wh what else, um, what else do you think has, has played into your military career um, since that day? I mean, we talked about it kind of solidifying and moving you, you more towards the military, which you were already headed that way because of, but did it give you, a, I guess, maybe a heightened sense of being in the military type thing? Like uh, you knew, yeah, I'm doing this, but now I'm accelerating it to the next level type thing. Well, I, 
kind of I was on the fence with the idea. Okay, all right. <laughs> but um, you know, when I when I got older and you know the recruiters started coming to school and it's great, it's a great opportunity, and they make it sound so good. And it's like it's really undeniable. It just to even if you come in like as a guards member and you do a six year contract just to be a part of this organization, it it means a lot. That's good. That's good. Well, I'm uh, I'm glad you took time out of your day to come by and, and tell us tell us the story. It's uh, it's definitely a unique perspective to been that age that close to it. One of the last like generations of people who actually are in the military now that you know, were there for for that event. and uh, and you know the fact that you carried that into a military career for a lot of people seeing something like that would have would have kind of kicked them the other way potentially you know there is the other side of the coin on on this that somebody close to that or involved in that would have said no and you know i i can't uh type thing but uh we're glad you came by here we're glad you decided to follow in your dad's footsteps and join the military and um wish great things for you in the future and anytime you want to you're welcome to stop back by thank you guys for having me thank you for letting me share my story yes i am well, that was outstanding that uh, that Sergeant Smith was able to stop by with us today. She had a very interesting story. Very. Um, kind of similarly relates to your time frame. She was a little bit younger than, than you, obviously. But it's interesting to see she was in New York. You're in Hawaii. Exactly. Her dad in military. You know, and it still impacted y'all's life. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like, I mean, the impact for location didn't matter as much to me, you know. But my own age was more where I could understand what's going on. But then you have hers where she's right there at the action. Yeah. And that's, that's intense. I mean, you know, she talked about being able to see the dust. And, you know, I, I don't care if you're a military kid or or whatever. You know, it, you see that it, it rattles you. I mean, you know, it rattles you. And it's just a testament to her to have been that close to that situation. Because I think when you are – in a situation like that, especially that close to it at that, that young of an age, I do think it solidifies you into decision, whether you realize it or not. Like, no, I don't want anything ever to do with this or, you know, whatever, or I'm going to go meet this head on and I'm going to be part of the solution. And I, I think it's admirable that she, she wound up making that decision. Even, I mean, like I said, even though her family was military and that influence, but she, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, especially to see that in, Young or not, you know something's going on. You, you know there's an intensity, and then just the daily livelihood to follow. Like, it, yeah, yeah. It, it causes a response in a person. Yeah. That's, that's admirable. And, you know, you think about it, and you think about, you know, I think a lot of times, as a parent, I do this, and, and I think a lot of parents do this, is we, we way underestimate the resiliency of our children. You know, and uh, I mean, it's natural. You're a parent, you're like, oh, I got to baby them and, and this and that. And a lot of times, man, you just let them go, give them, give them, you know, the basis of what they need and let them go. They will show you that they're resilient and they'll make good decisions off of it. And, you know, just blows my mind. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, and to think about her father, too, being there for that incident and then seeing, you know, his daughter go and do like follow in the footsteps, essentially. Oh, yeah. I mean, just. Yeah, I mean, 
I got my two stepsons in in the military or whatnot. Um, both of them deployed and everything. Um, but you know, I never admit this to them, and I don't have to because they don't watch the podcast. Um, but it still stretches you out. I mean, I kicked them out when they were of age. Still stretches you out, and you know, even though he, you know, I, I can only imagine him, you know, same situation. You know, he went through something like that. He knows firsthand what the situation is. And, you know, kudos to military parents for being able to do that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's got to be intense. You know, even if you don't like your kids all the time, it's still tough. <laughs> still tough to see them do that. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I guess, like I said, I'm, I'm of that generation where I was right on the cusp of this whole thing going down. I'd already made the decision to go in the military during a peacetime. It just so happened that it coincided. Um but for the younger generations who know, know for a fact that we're high op tempo, we're in mobilizations, and still walk down there and say, yes, I'm going to do this. Well done. Agreed 100%. Yeah, well done. Um, well, I think that's about that for this episode. And So I'm Specialist David Erskine. Captain Cody Jensen. And we'll catch you in the next episode.